Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. Welcome to Walk It Out. This is episode 17. I'm Trisha Goyer. If you hear a little squealing today, we just got a new puppy and he's on my lap right now because of course I get up early in the morning to record these and the puppy hears me. So if you hear a little whimper, that might be my puppy. But back to the show. Today's guest is Natalie Gwynn and today we're going to be talking about being the okayest mom and adoption. Now, if you're around me for any length of time, you're going to hear about one thing probably more than anything else, and that's adoption. Now, there are a few reasons for that. First of all, most of the places I go, I'm surrounded by a herd of kids. I drive a 12-passenger van, and the pastors at our church call us Goyer Nation. We are pretty hard to miss. More than just about anything else, adoption has transformed my life. Just as John and I were about to become empty nesters, we started completely over by adopting a newborn baby. But we didn't stop there. After hearing about all the waiting kids in foster care whose parents' rights were already taken away and they just needed a home, we added six more kids, bringing it to a total of seven kids that we have adopted. So who does that? I don't know. The crazy goyers that too. Who would choose to welcome kids from hard places? Kids who are hurting and who often strike out to hurt others because they're so afraid of opening their hearts. We did that, of course, and today's guests, Natalie Gwen and her husband did that too. But before I welcome today's guests, there are a few things that I want to mention. First, this is not my first podcast about adoption. In episode one, my adopted daughter, 18-year-old Maria, and I talk about what it's like being adopted at age 15. Also, if you missed it, um, listen to episode 10 with Jason Weber. Jason serves as the National Director of Foster Care Initiatives for the Christian Alliance for Orphans. He's a dad of five kids who they adopted from foster care. Jason shares about how he and his wife, Trish, as very um, young parents, started with, with plans of fostering one child and soon found themselves bringing home two medically fragile newborn twins. And the Cheerio stories that he shares in that podcast is one of my favorites. Um, Both of those podcasts can be found on iTunes or in your podcast app, or you can go to walkitoutpodcast.com. They're really worth listening to. But back to today's guest, Natalie Gwen is the author of a newly released book or soon to be released book, The Okayest Mom, which we'll be talking about in the podcast. Natalie and her husband adopted multiple children all at once, and I was amazed that although our stories are different since the sibling group that they adopted came from overseas, there is so much to our stories that is similar. In both cases, we felt the call. In both cases, God brought large a large sibling group into our home, and in both cases, we have seen God work as we loved and cared for these children. 
And also in both cases, we've had some challenging times, which we'll be talking about on the podcast. As you listen, there are a few things that I hope you get out of this. First, Natalie and I are very ordinary women. We are not saints. We are not super moms. We are women who, along with our husbands, felt God's call and went into it with knees shaking. Also, Natalie and I are still in the middle of our journey and often in the middle of the struggle. Isn't that the way it is with all parenting, though? When it comes to parenting, we never will arrive. Now, I have adult kids, and there are some times I really do a great job and connect with them, and there are still times I mess up, even though they're adults. Parenting is a hard journey, and only the only way we can have success is to lean close to Jesus and walk with Him along the way. Second, when it comes to talking about parenting and adoption, there is a balance. I know that anything I say or write or put online or in a podcast can later be discovered by my children. There's a balance in sharing the realities of adoption and also in protecting our kids. So if there are times um, when Natalie and I don't go into exact details and seem a little vague about situations, that's the reason why because we love our kids and definitely want to protect them. But overall, as you listen, I pray that you will hear our hearts. We're two moms who love our kids and who often struggle. We're also two moms who've discovered great joy on the path that God has led us to through parenting and adoption. It has changed us in the process. And I I think you will hear that on this podcast. So enjoy this chat with Natalie. Well, I am super excited about today because we get to talk about one of my favorite things or a couple of my favorite things, adoption, being a mom and totally depending on God in the process. Um, my guest today is Natalie Gwen. And Natalie, would you just take a moment and introduce yourself to my audience? Yes. Hi. Thank you, Tisha, for having me on today. Uh, my name is Natalie, and I am a wife to one. We've been married almost 21 years, and a mother to six, two biological children, and four children that we adopted from Ethiopia. That is awesome. And you live in Redding, right? Is that? Yes, Redding, okay. California. So I grew up in Weed. Which is not far from Reading. Yes, uh, that's funny. Actually, we live very parallel lives. It's kind of, uh, kind of ironic. Absolutely. And my husband went to school at Shasta College, which is right there. We used to have an yes. apartment on Dana Drive, right by. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, I could just see your world almost because yes. I lived, but we only had, uh, I guess I had my third when we lived there. So. So your life has changed a bit since then. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I love, um, I know we're just going to have so much in common talking about adoption too. Um, and your book is the okayest mom when God's plan of adoption doubled my family. So I just would love to hear your heart. And, but first I want to hear just about a little bit about your life, maybe before the adoption and then how you felt called to adopt. Okay. Um, adoption actually was not a part of my life plan. I met my husband in high school and I'm very type A personality. So, you know, I had my, my life all mapped out and I met my husband. We got married at 19 years old and we started our family. We had a son and then a daughter and I was like, check, check, check. My family is complete. <laughs> my life is on track. And then 
God just got a hold of us and turned my life plans upside down in the best possible way and actually started with my husband. Um, he and I had been praying that, you know, God, what do you want us to do with our lives? Our specific prayer was actually, God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Oh, my goodness. That that was totally my prayer. Exactly. Really? Like, I'm, like, dying. I'm, like, hearing this whole thing. I'm, like, oh, my gosh, she's living my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. That yeah. I'm going to start homeschooling soon because you homeschool. <laughs> you, I hope not. I'll just send you the curriculum when we're done. Then no, you just no, use no. it. <laughs> I actually did homeschool for one year. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. But the first year home with our children because they didn't speak English and they had never been to school. And yeah. um, we needed to learn how to be a family. So I did homeschool for one year and uh, never again. <laughs> I, I tried not to say never again because yeah. God, God messes it up. <laughs> So uh, we were praying specifically, God, break our heart for what breaks yours. And we were very open um, at that point. We felt like God was stirring up our hearts, and we just didn't know what it was for. We Everything was kind of on the table. We talked about missions, and we talked about um, we own our own business, so we were talking about, okay, is God wanting us to use this business in a different way? Are we supposed to move? Are we supposed to start a ministry? Everything was kind of on the table, except for adoption. That was not <laughs> on the table as far as I knew. Um, and then one morning, about three months into this whole process of praying specifically about this, my husband said to me, uh, honey, what do you think about adoption? I think that might be where God is leading us. And honestly, it was it was a complete surprise to me. We had not talked about adoption in our almost 15 years of marriage. It was wow. not a topic that we we thought about or talked about. Uh, so when he first said that, my my initial reaction was fear. And I thought, you know, I have the the family that I had planned. It's perfect. I don't really think that I want to change anything. I really like security and stability, and adoption sounds like it's not either one of those things. But um, we prayed about it, and through prayer and a lot of um, speaking into our life, I would say we did talk to some friends who had adopted and asked a lot of questions, and finally I was like, okay, yes, I think that this is what God wants us to do, but I'm pretty sure adoption means one baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's where I started. You're just saying the things <laughs> exactly what we thought. I'm like, okay, we can adopt a baby. And we actually did adopt a baby girl first. I'm like, okay, done. We got a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we kept going. But go ahead. So that was your thoughts that you were first um, considering just one baby. Yeah. And so I said yes to adoption. But, you know, that's still there's a lot of decisions to to be made. We weren't sure if God was wanting us to adopt locally, domestically, internationally, foster care, you know, everything was open. And you know how God kind of does. It's like um, drip, 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 just these little recurring things over and over. It just became yeah. obvious that we were supposed to adopt from Ethiopia. And so when we started our home study process and the social worker came for our very first home study and sat at our kitchen table you know, they have a whole list of questions that they're asking you. And she said, okay, how many children are you open to adopting? And my husband said, and this was the first time he had said this in my in my presence, he said, I think we can adopt up to four children. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I said to her, no. I said, one. <laughs> That's the plan. 
And then she's like, okay, well, what's the age range? And, you know, she went down her whole list because they have to approve you for certain parameters. Right. And um, when they set the age range, my husband said, I think we can adopt all the way up to age 10, which was the age of our oldest at the time. And I said, no, I think we need to stick with an infant or a toddler. <laughs> Every single question, you know, special needs, are you open to special needs, are you, all of these things. And um, so when she left, actually, she said, well, we always go with the narrowest parameters, whichever spouse, you know, has the narrowest parameters. So I was like, yes, I win. <laughs> But as we started our background checks and our fingerprinting, God was just breaking my heart um, really for sibling sets because Mm. the further we got into it, the more that I realized sibling sets, they just, they are waiting for homes and, and older children, you know, anything over three is considered old in the adoption world. Right. So I'm like older children, they're just waiting for homes, sick children, they're waiting for homes and, um, so over the next year, I just really got on board with God. Actually, he slowly and gently led me so that by the time our home study was complete, it was actually exactly what my husband said. We were approved for up to four children, up to age 10, including special needs. Um, You're like, God, why didn't I get the memo like at the same time? <laughs> this has actually been the, the story of our life. My husband <laughs> is the one... I think because I'm headstrong mm. and um, a little bit stubborn, and it takes me longer to really calm my own voice and be able to hear God's voice. It really does. Well, <laughs> I think, really too, because we're thinking, okay, multiple children. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're like, that's so much work. And, then, like, we have to, like, we're managing the home and we're cooking mm-hmm. and cleaning. I mean, it's just, I think the reality, too, is just all the dailiness. We, like, know yes. that it's just going to be so much work and I think it does get comes to the point where your heart like it just like finally moldable like okay God whatever you want yeah. is fine but I think it's so our minds and I am the oldest I was type A I have to say was because if you saw my house right now you'd be like girl what's up <laughs> but type A personality like you know everything in order and I'm just you know picturing kind of you know you the same way like okay let's get our little <laughs> life organized and yeah. everything figured out so what were some of the things that God did in that breaking process you you mentioned that year um Mm -hmm. how how did he how did he change and mold your heart during that time one book that I read that really affected my decision was there is no me without you by Mm -hmm. Melissa Figuering and she just spoke of the HIV crisis in Africa and how there's so many children that are dying really it's not a lack of medicine because the medicine is available but it has to be given on a schedule and it has to be given with food and so I was reading all of this and thinking so these children are they're not really dying from a lack of medicine they're dying from a lack of love there's mm-hmm. nobody there to take care of them and it broke my heart um, so that was one specific thing and then uh, we have a, some friends who had adopted out of actually the foster care system but they adopted a sibling set of three, and I just, I watched them and saw that they, you know, they were able to keep this family together, and I realized if if I could do that, I wanted to do that too. Right. Yeah, and so then that's where you really started looking at siblings. So how does it work with Ethiopia? Do they match you, or do you, you know, choose from different siblings, or 
What they led you? To, you? Okay. Yeah, we sent we finished all of our home study and our paperwork, and you sent it over to Ethiopia, and then basically they just find a, a child or multiple children that fit your parameters, and they match you, and they send you the information on the children, and you can say yes or no. And so actually. When they first sent us, they got all of our information, and they first sent us a file. It was a sibling set of three, and I said, yes. We looked them over, and we said, yes, okay, God, these are our children. It was so obvious that they needed a home, and they had been waiting for a family who was willing to adopt three older children. Right. So we actually thought we were adopting three, and then um, it was kind of a, a last-minute surprise that we found about out about their older sister. and. When we went to Ethiopia, we ended up staying there for almost four months. Oh, wow. Because we had to fight for our oldest daughter and get her out of the situation that she was in and adopted her, too. And at that point, our adoption agency said, there's maybe a 50-50 chance that you can adopt her, and it's a minimum two-year process. But four months later, we came home with all four kids, and God just moved mountains to get her into our family, too. Oh, so wow. I ended up with the four children that he had planned for me long. <laughs> he eased you in with three. And then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what were the um, ages, and were they boys or girls, when you first found about, out about the three? Okay, so when we adopted, we had a biological son who was 10. Our oldest adopted daughter was nine almost turning 10 at that time and then a biological and adopted daughter who were the same age uh seven and then adopted sons who were six and five wow yeah so how did how was it going from all of a sudden you had two children to now six children it was just as hard as you can imagine it would be <laughs> it was really really hard i was not prepared and i had read all of the books and taken all of the classes and I had all of the head knowledge, mm -hmm. but to actually live it out every day, um, it was the most refining time in my life mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I'm like totally not <laughs> going along. And then it's this, I don't know if you ever felt this way, but you know, there's, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of, in our house, um, there was a lot of, you know, acting out and then mm -hmm. fights between, uh, the ones we had already adopted and the new kids. I mean, it was just, just chaos and mess. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I was, I remember one day getting out of the van as I'm pulling all the garbage, picking gum off the, the floorboard. Like, and I'm thinking, God, is this really what you called me to? Like, this mm -hmm. is just, I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I have any control at all. And I just felt his like spirit, like, yes. Like, this is exactly mm -hmm. what I called you to. And I'm like, uh, like, how can, it seems like, you know, if we're following God's will, it should be easier. I mean, did you have those moments when you're like, what in the world did we get ourselves into? Oh, yeah. I, um, I remember, so we came home with our kids and I had said I was going to homeschool for a year and nobody spoke English. Nobody mm. knew how to read or write. And I homeschooled all six of them. And I remember one morning standing in my kitchen and I was just crying because I had gotten a text from my friends who said, hey, you guys want to go out to coffee? Let's, let's all meet at Starbucks. And it was just, just in that moment, I felt like my old life is gone. Mm -hmm. 
I can't go out to coffee right now. I can't go to Thursday morning Bible study anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't even leave my children with anybody besides my husband or myself. Um, You know, when you first adopt, it's a lot of cocooning. And more than teaching them how to read and write, I was really teaching them, like, this is what it means to be a part of our family. And I just stood there in my kitchen and I cried. And I was feeling sorry for myself. I'm like, God. Why did you ask me to do this? This is not any fun. And he just spoke to me and said, you know what? I have bought you with a price and your life is not your own. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect, but it is going to be filled with joy because you're doing exactly what I want you to do. And I really felt during that first year home that he was with me in my kitchen. I would imagine him standing next to me in my kitchen and kind of patting me on the back and saying, well done, good and faithful child, well done, because that was the only validation I had for Mm, a long time. Right. And um, I needed him to tell me that to make it through the days. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't understand that when you have – um, you know, kids in transition. I mean, you can't just like, mm-hmm. here's a babysitter. I'm going to go mm-hmm. out for a couple hours. There's none of that. And even small, like when we did do that, it'd be chaos when we left, when we found, you know, one of our pastors watched our kids, him and his wife, and we were gone for two hours. And he's like, oh, my word, how do you do this every day? But because mm-hmm. it's just so, there's so much, um like, you're the foundation. Like, you and your husband mm-hmm. are the foundation. And so when there's any disruption, there's just total um chaos and acting out and don't know how to handle emotions. I mean, a lot of people don't understand that it just has to be, okay, we're going to walk through this daily and go through all the motions. And this is how we sit down and have breakfast. And this is how we put our plates in the sink. And this is, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just all the, all the things that uh, and we adopted from foster care. So, I mean, I can't even imagine the language. I mean, how, how do you teach kids English. Well, uh, immersion. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it really was only a matter of months before we could communicate at least about all of the basics. You know, food and school and you know, clothing choices and all of the basics. But the problem was that we needed to communicate about so much more, and mm-hmm. they didn't have the language yet to talk about anger and loss and trauma and so when they didn't don't have the language to express it then it's going to come out in other ways and um we we all all eight of us went to counseling Mm -hmm. um we all needed counseling and we found some various therapies for some of our children and we just really had to walk right through the middle of the whole mess there's no going around it you can't shortcut it you just have to walk through it um, in order to get to the other side. Yeah. And we, all my kids went to trauma therapy too. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking in the middle of it, like I'm getting PTSD from their PTSD, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, uh, I, my husband and I haven't gone to counseling, but I mean, every, we just lay there at night and talk through like every little thing, like how do we handle this or what mm-hmm. should we have said differently? And so really, I mean, I'm so thankful that, that, you know, John was right here working with me and he works from home, you know, so mm-hmm. there'd be times where he'd have to like, 
get off a call and come down and help diffuse the situation or, you know, so I'm, I'm so thankful for that. But I have to say, you know, getting the right therapy has just been amazing. And, um, you know, I remember when I first went through the training thinking, Oh, I've been a mom for 23 years already. You know, my oldest was 23. Like this, mm-hmm. we got this. And then going into the first therapy appointment and it was like a 24 year old intern. I'm like, tell me what to do with this child. <laughs> like, I have no idea. I really had to, I felt like I needed to relearn how to parent because the parenting strategies that I had always used did not work in this new situation and with these new children. And I had to really, um, really practice and I messed up a lot, but it was hard relearning how to do everything, you know, connecting with your Mm -hmm. children, overcorrecting. I mean, not overcorrecting. Connecting was more important than correcting. Right. And as a mother, that was almost in reverse of what I was used to. Also, you know, checking my emotions at the door sometimes because when my emotions got in the way, it just was not a good situation for everybody. Yeah. I found that escalating does not Mm -hmm. help anyone Mm -hmm. in any situation. I mean, I was supposed to be the adult in this situation, but sometimes I just did not want to be. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we could have talked a lot over the phone. We were probably going through the same stuff around the same time too. You know, so I, I, the listeners are probably like, oh my word, I never want to adopt. I never <laughs> want to adopt older kids or sibling wow. groups. Okay, so we need to turn this around and okay, give some hope. <laughs> give- <Let me> <laughs> whenever, um, whenever someone talks to me, so a lot of women now talk to me about adoption, mm-hmm. especially um, newly involved in adoption or foster care or very seriously interested pursuing it and number one my piece of advice for them is do not do it unless you and your husband are completely on the same page yes because a lot of women i hear they say you know i've always wanted to adopt or i always knew i was going to adopt or god really wants me to adopt but my husband is not on the same page and i always say then don't do it because First of all, God is not going to call one of you and not the other. And second of all, if you are not a team, then adoption can really tear your marriage apart. And if there's any room in there for blame, one person to blame the other, like, oh, you're the one that did this to our family because the times are going to get hard. They are. Um, And you just don't want to leave any room for that. So number one, make sure that you and your husband are completely in agreement moving forward. But number two, I, I'm honest. I tell people it was hard. I mean, it was the hardest two years of my life. Mm-hmm. It was. But it was also, honestly, the two years of my life when I felt the most loved and supported and cared for and like Jesus was just right there with me every second of every day. And it was just such a sweet experience to just walk in such close communion with him because that was the only way that I could do it. And there's a lot of joy in that. And I will say, I love my kids. You know, I'm honest. I say it was really, really hard. And it is still hard a lot of times. Adoption's a lifelong journey, especially when you do adopt older children. I mean, my older children, my three oldest, they have lived more of their life apart from me than they Mm -hmm. have together with me. And so to think that that's not going to affect our future relationship, I mean, that it, it is. It's always going to be a part of our family. However, 
I cannot imagine my life any other way. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt this is the family that God designed for me, and I am so thankful that he gave those kids to me. They are a gift. They're a gift for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I I feel the same way. It's just looking at them like, where would they be? Like, where would mm-hmm. they be if our, if we hadn't set forward? And where would I be? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even the understanding for me of the love of God, I mean, there'd be times because I think, you know, we're raised like we have to lead Bible study and we have to do all the things. And when you can't do all the things and you can't even control your own house, like you can't mm-hmm. keep it clean. And it's like I remember one day just laundry piles everywhere and feeling God's spirit, like, again, walking so closely with Jesus like you mm-hmm. and feeling God's spirit saying, I love you just as much right now with mm-hmm. all these piles of laundry and all the mess as I did when you had the perfectly clean house and you were teaching Bible study and you were doing all the things. And it's like, really? Like almost in our minds, we think like, no, we have to like do all these things and be perfect and have everything together. And Jesus is like, no, you know, you just yelled at your kid, but I still love you. And the laundry's piled up and I still love you. And I think I would be completely different if I hadn't gone through this. And I'm so thankful. Like, I just feel like I'm just so much more at peace and understanding who I am as God's child. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I have learned so much about myself through this whole process. God has taught me so much about myself. And um, I, I really do. Like, yes, 100%. It would probably be easier if I had never adopted that's the truth, right? Mm-hmm. I would only have two kids. <laughs> yeah. That's easier. I wouldn't have six kids to do laundry for and cook for and to get to their appointments. But easier is not better. It's just easier. <laughs> and I, my life is so much richer now. So um, full of joy because what God has done for my family. Yeah. And just seeing, I don't know, but I'm sure you've seen those glimpses in the kids when they understand a biblical truth or they mm-hmm. just sing a praise song in the car <laughs> all those mm-hmm. moments is like this right here makes it so worth it oh one of my daughters this is one of the sweetest things <laughs> um i just i wrote it down actually because it meant so much to me it was maybe two or three years after she came home and i was tucking her in one night and saying her prayers and and as we finished praying she said to me Mom, I know why I came to America. I came to America to meet Jesus. Oh, my word. And it was just like, oh, Jesus, that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. you know? If if that's if they came to America to meet Jesus and to her, it was worth it. And it just, oh, I'm just so thankful to be a part of that. Because really, I mean, raising one kid or two kids or five kids or six kids or mm-hmm. 10 kids. I mean, it all comes in that moment when they stand before God and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, mm-hmm. all the parenting, all the work, that's what it's all about is that Jesus and the opportunity. And I, you know, so agree. We, during our homeschool, we, you know, read Bible stories and do all the stuff it's like, mom, are we going to ever get to the math? Like, especially when we first started homeschooling, <laughs> they're like, are we going to get to this other stuff? I'm like, wait, we need God first. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if we, yeah. if you, if, you know, if you know how to add and subtract and multiply, we're good, but you need to know about God. And, and now, you know, of course they just, um, have grown so much in their relationship with him, but that's what it's all about. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, if that's what they get out of our homes. I mean, that is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's tell me a little bit about your book and just what your hope is um, mm-hmm. for a, a reader that picks it up. Well, uh, <laughs> just like uh, many things in my life, 
it was my husband who first suggested <laughs> writing a book. Um, he came to me a couple years after we had been home, and he said, you know, I think you should consider writing a book because there are so many people out there who are thinking about adoption or considering adoption or even not adoption, just um, just needing to know that even though they're not perfect and they're not doing everything right, that God can use them because that's mm-hmm. really my story. I That's why I, I called it okayest mom. The, the story is really about how I have all of these broken parts in my life and God used me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And he, he is the one who provides all of the extraordinary and we're just, you know, ordinary cracked pots and he wants to use us and it's amazing. So my husband suggested I write a book and I prayed about it for an entire year before um, I said, okay, yes, I think this is what God might want me to do. So I sat down and I started writing and I uh, was not, it was not my life goal to become an author. It was God's plan all along and I just didn't know it. So I wrote this book in my living room and then I finished writing it and I'm like, all right, God, now what do you want to do? <laughs> and <laughs> so my husband found a, a writer's conference. I went to a writer's conference and I found out all about the world of publishing, which, you know, Trisha, um, can be very overwhelming yeah. and I I left that conference and I thought oh my goodness I was supposed to be doing all of this stuff I didn't know I was supposed to be doing I just wrote a book because God told me to write a book but God said no no you're only supposed to be doing what I tell you to yeah. do and so anyway here it is my book is coming out and really my hope for it is that God would just use it any way he wants because it's his story and I just did my best to write it and I just hope that somebody will read it and either A, consider adoption if they never have before, or B, consider the fact that no matter what mistakes we make, God loves us unconditionally and he wants to use us for his glory. Mm, I love that so much. And I, I can just see, I'm looking at the cover right now and just see these beautiful smiling faces and just see, I mean, that right there is a reflection of his glory. And, you know, you mentioned all the things we're supposed to be doing as writers and I'm sure marketing and all this, I mean, was in your mind building a tribe. I'm sure you heard yeah. all the things. And, you know, my first writers conference was in 1994. And they didn't have Facebook. They didn't have all these things. And uh, I always tell people, like, I'm so thankful. I was just a mom like you, like, riding in my living room, sitting while the kids are taking a nap or while they're running around, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, in our yard. And I'm so thankful that I just had that. It was just me and God. And I would go to the conference once a year and get more information. But I think so many times it does get overwhelming. And so if there's people out there that maybe – you know, have a book on their heart and think, I have to do all these things. Well, no, you don't. You have to sit with Jesus and you have to hear what he has to say and, you know, get those words down. In writing or in life or in our children, in every decision, I really, my question always to God is, God, what is my one next thing? Mm -hmm. I don't want to know the whole journey because it seems really overwhelming. I just want to know my one next thing that you want me to do. And then I'm going to go out and do my best to do that thing. 
One thing that. at a time. Yes. I, I have um, Anne uh, Lamont had a bird by bird. I don't know if you've read that book. Oh, of course. Yes. yes. And so she talks about, yeah, one sentence at a time. Like just write the next yeah. sentence, just bird by bird, thing by yeah. thing. You just have to know that. Um, and so I love that so much. And what I love, too, is you want to say, mention what happened with Kathy Lee. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Oh, that's just, God is crazy. <laughs> he he does crazy things with my life that I never expected. I mean, here I am with six kids, never planned on adopting, never planned on writing. Um, and somehow, my book um, is coming out June 26th, but Kathy Lee Gifford got a hold of an advanced copy somehow, some way. <laughs> I didn't even know. My friend actually texted me. I was leaving work, and I picked up my phone, and she texted me a photo of her TV screen with Kathy Lee holding my book. And she said, friend, you didn't tell me that your book was going to be on the Today Show. (laughs) And I had no idea. So uh, Kathy Lee um, got a hold of it, and she liked the story and she chose it as one of her favorite things it's so so crazy see and this is what i love what god does because he's done that i mean all these crazy things like i never set out to do this thing but he's like okay i'll take care of it for you because Mm -hmm. you're doing what i asked you to do you know what i mean it's like god saying you're doing what i asked you to do and this is just like a blessing to you it's not like we have to earn anything but i just feel like he just he just has this joy of surprising us and i love that when you posted it we have a we're share an agency you posted it on there saying oh my goodness and I was just like so excited because I love that God just wants to bless his children when we step out in obedience yeah and it was such a good reminder to me again um as my book is getting ready to hit the market like every step of the way I said hey God what's my one next thing and I keep hearing all of these other things and I have to quiet all those other things because I'm like no that's not what God's telling me to do. That's mm-hmm. not what God's telling me to do. And he was just like confirming, like, see, you didn't do anything. And your book is in Kathy Lee Gifford's hands. And that was all me. I just need to rest and know that whatever he wants, whatever he wants from my life, from this book, from my family, I just want to give it all to him. Absolutely. And, and the cool thing about this journey is that we're walking it with our kids. And I said, you know, mm-hmm. I always say the best thing you can do to raise kids who love God and serve him is to take these steps of faith and to be obedient. Like you were obedient to write that book. And I just can't wait to see how your kids are just going to be blessed because of it. You know, God oh, doesn't you. do things that's like, oh, this is going to be great for you. But, oh, your kids are really going to suffer. No. I mean, he has a blessing oh. for our children. So I just I'm just excited for you as you're in your family. Like, I just know that he's going to bring blessings mm-hmm. for your whole family Thank because you. of your obedience. Thank you, because it is a little scary. I am honestly, it's a little scary. It's all new to me. It was not part of my plan. And I really like a plan. So it's a little scary. But I'm just um I'm just praying that God just does whatever he wants with it. So thank you, Trisha, for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, go ahead and as we wrap this up, tell Mm -hmm. the listeners where they can find you and find information, more information about um, the book and where they can find it. Um, My website is nataliegwyn.com, G-W-Y-N. 
and you can find me there. I have an email tribe where I send out any information that we have things going on. I'm going to the CAFO Summit in Dallas in a few weeks here, so I'm excited about that. Oh, man, you're going to see all my friends. So, uh, I know. Yeah, those are all my buds are going to be there. My daughter's graduating on May 10th, uh, so I can't uh, be there, which, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited that she's graduating. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to go. Explain And explain yeah. what that is for those people who may not be familiar with it. So Christian Alliance for Orphans is, I guess the best way maybe to describe them is they're kind of like this overarching entity mm-hmm. over a lot of the um, adoption and foster care ministries. And so they put on a big summit every year, and there's just a lot of ministries that come, a lot of, there's 2,000 adoptive and foster parents who come, um, and they just bring in some wonderful speakers to pour into us as parents. So I'm really excited to go and get poured into just a little bit. And I'm uh, giving away 100 copies of OKS Mom at the summit. Oh, awesome. So I'm excited to do that. Yeah. So anyway, NatalieGwynn.com. I'm also on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Same thing, Natalie Gwynn. And um, my book is now actually available for pre-order. Yes. On Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, all of those, CBD. And Trisha. We're going to give you one to do a giveaway, too. Yes, absolutely. So um, on the show note page on just trishagory.com um, or actually put walkitoutpodcast.com, you'll see the show notes for this. And we'll have a raffle copter there and uh, we'll be giving away a book. So that'll be great. So one of the listeners will be able to get a book, too. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. I just love your heart. And it's so weird. Like the peril lies. I know. <laughs> I'm really worried that I'm going to have to start homeschooling next. Well, if you if you feel God calling you that, we could just chat because I could just tell you all about it. <laughs> Oh, do you have, you have grandchildren, Trisha? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's a little ways off for me then. Maybe I don't have to homeschool till I have grandchildren. Okay. There you go. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you for being here. And I'm so excited about the book and all God's doing through you. So thanks for being here. Thank you. So what did you think? I'm awed by how Natalie was so easy to connect with, even though this was the first time we've ever chatted. It's amazing how easy it is to feel bonded with someone who has walked a similar journey. I'm so thankful that God brings these people into our lives, and I'm thankful for Natalie's vulnerability and transparency. Now, to find out more about Natalie and her book, The OKS Mom, you can go to natalieguin.com. I know she's someone that you'll want to follow and connect with. Also, today's Walk It Out scripture is Matthew 25, 35 through 40. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes to clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So who are the least of these in your life? For me and Natalie, this included children who needed a home and who are now forever ours. For you, it might be a young mom, an elderly neighbor, someone in prison, or a childhood friend who is going through a hard time. Take a minute to think about who that would be in your life and how God 
would want you to walk out his love to that person today. Also, here is a prayer for all of us. Lord, I am just so thankful for your call on each of our lives. Our call is usually harder than we ever think, Lord, but it also brings greater joy than we could ever imagine. These types of calls are always difficult because you desire for us to turn to you. We need you in the midst of these, God. These calls in our lives aren't just about those who long, who need us, who long for someone to see them, to care, but they're also about what you want to do with us. The more we need you, the more we seek you, the more of you we will discover. It's a beautiful place to be, even though it's a hard place. So I thank you, Lord, for using each of us to make a difference in the lives of others. And may you receive the glory. Now, thank you, friend, for tuning in to Walk It Out Today. As always, you can find out more about me on my website, which is trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. You can also find me on social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just under Trisha Goyer. Finally, friends, I'd appreciate it if you let your friends know about this podcast and encourage them to listen. Also, this podcast is sponsored by my book, Walk It Out, The Radical Result of Following God's Word One Step at a Time, and it's published by David C. Cook. Now, David C. Cook is a nonprofit publisher spreading God's Word in over 100 countries. Thank you for tuning in, and I pray that your week will be blessed. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.